Chapter Three of Three People by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three Wolfie. Mr. Hastings started on a journey. It was midwinter, so he muffled himself in overcoat and furs and carried his great fur lined travelling cloak, all nicely rolled and strapped, ready for extra occasions he was not in the very best humour when the night express reached albany and he had finally changed his quarters from the central to the hudson river railroad his arrangements had not been made for spending the night on the train at all his plan was to be fairly settled under the blankets of a new york hotel by this time but there had been detention after detention all along his route so the great man settled himself with what grace he could and unstrapped the fur-lined cloak and made other preparations for passing a night in the cars his face meanwhile wearing an ominous frown it was not so much the sitting up all night that troubled him for mr hastings was in excellent health and an excellent traveller and really did not so much mind the fatigue but he was a man accustomed to carrying out his plans and intentions to the very letter and it jarred upon him to have even snow and ice audacious enough to interfere there were other travellers that night who had no fur-lined cloaks one in particular who sat near the stove and made such good use of the dampers that mr hastings had no use for his cloak even after unstrapping it but flung it into a great furry heap on the nearest seat behind him and knew not then nor ever that the insignificant little act was one of the tiny links in the chain of circumstances that were moulding toad mall's life toad mall started on a journey that very evening he didn't pack his valise nor take his overcoat nor ride to the depot in a carriage in fact his father kicked him out of the cellar like a football and bade him good-bye in these words there get out and don't let me ever see sight of your face again toad rolled over once in the snow then got up and shook himself and made prompt answer all right i'm agreed he then stuffed his hands into the ragged pockets of his ragged jacket and marched off uptown and because he happened to roll over and come up with his face turned in the direction of the depot is the only known reason why he walked uptown instead of down apparently he didn't take his father's late treatment very much to heart he's drunk he said philosophically that's what's the matter with him in about two hours he'll be over this part of the carouse and be snoring then i'll slip back all right if i don't freeze beforehand ain't it cold though i must travel faster than this on he went aimlessly reached the depot presently then followed the crowd who crossed the river for no better reason than that a great many people seemed to be going that way following a portion of this same crowd brought him at last to a platform of the departing train just as the steam horse was giving a premonitory snort and the official called out for the second time all aboard no we ain't exactly said toad but it wouldn't take long to get aboard if that is what you want particularly if you've got a fire in there and he peered curiously in at the drowsy passengers it was just at this point that mr hastings threw his furry cloak away from him 
and settled among his other wraps for a night's rest the action caught toad's eye my ain't that fellow comfortable chuckled he to himself got a wolf there that he don't appear to need if he'd lend it to me i wouldn't mind keeping him company for a spell suppose i try it and suiting the action to the word he pushed open the door and walked boldly forward among the sleepy people halted at the stove and while the delicious sense of warmth crept slowly over him he kept one eye on mr hastings until he felt sure just as the train got fairly into motion that the gentleman had fairly commenced his nap then he slid himself into the empty seat and used his hands and his wits in so disposing of the wolf that it would cover his cuddled-up body completely and at the same time look like nothing but an innocent cloak thrown carelessly on the seat and he chuckled as distinctly as he dared when he heard the conductor's voice calling tickets to the sleepy people and presently the door opened and shut with a slam and the silence that followed showed that he considered his business with that car finished he didn't ask wolfie for his ticket giggled toad i reckon he don't know he's alive so no more don't the man that thinks he owns him i say now what if he gets a cold streak and wants to borrow wolfie for himself for a spell poh he said after a minute it's easy enough to get out the way i came in but it will be time enough to do it when i have to i ain't going to keep doing it all night i vote for one good warm nap i do so here goes and toad went straightway into the land of dreams the night wore on the restless traveller near the stove dozed and waked and attended to the dampers thereby all unknowingly contributing his might to toad's warm journey the train halted now and again at a station and a few sleepy people stumbled off and a few wide-awake ones came on but still the seats were comparatively plenty and no one disturbed the fur cloak in the course of time toad's sleep grew less sound he twisted around as much as his limits would allow and punched an imaginary bedfellow with his elbow muttering meanwhile keep still now which of you is joggling the joggling continued and at last the boy twisted and punched himself awake and into a sitting posture and finally the look of unmixed astonishment with which he took in his surroundings gave way to one of unmistakable fun here's a go he at last informed himself i've come a journey and no mistake made a night of it sure as i live lucky i waked up first of this crowd if somebody had sat down on wolfie now by mistake there might have been trouble guess i'll look about me he shook himself free from the cloak and sauntered out on the platform the gray dawn was just glimmering over the frozen earth the world looked snowy and icy and desolate on swept the train and not a familiar object met his eye did toad feel dreary and homesick lost in the whizzing strangeness sorry he had come did he want to shrink away from sight and sound did he feel that he would give anything in the world to be landed at that moment somewhere near broadway in albany not a bit of it nothing of the sort entered his brain he feel homesick why his home was anywhere and nowhere since that day years ago when his mother died 
he had had less of a home than even before sometimes he slept on the cellar floor with his father but oftener in the street in a stable or curled in a barrel when he had the good fortune to find one anywhere but never in all his life had he spent such a comfortable night as this last had been but his father oh dear you don't know what fathers can become to their children if you think he missed him please remember his last act had been to kick his son out of a cellar into the snow but toad bore him no ill will for this or any other attention oh no nor good will either why his father was simply less than nothing to him so this morning without an idea as to what he was going to do next he stood and watched himself being whirled into new york with no feeling save one of extreme satisfaction at the success of his last night's plan and alert only to keep out of the reach of the conductor the car door slammed behind him and he turned quickly as two gentlemen came out one of them eyed him closely and finally addressed him who are you with my lad toad chuckled inwardly at this question but added promptly enough a man in there nodding his head toward the car which contained mr hastings huh the man must be crazy to let his servant travel in such a suit as that in this bitter weather this remark was addressed to his companion as the two passed into the next car toad chuckled outright this time he had a new idea that's the talk he informed himself i'm his servant just it prezactly much obliged i hadn't thought of that arrangement before but i like the plan first rate maybe wolfie and i will get another night or so together by the means so now he had two items of business at hand dodging the conductor and keeping an eye on his travelling companion the first he managed to accomplish by dint of always passing out at one end of the car just as that official was entering at the other aided in his scheme by the fact that it was not yet light and also that they were fairly in the city but the last was an extremely difficult matter a dozen times as he breathlessly pushed and elbowed his way through the hurrying crowd did he think that he had hopelessly lost sight of his guide and as often did he catch another glimpse of him and push on at last a car not too full for mr hastings to crowd himself into rewarded his signal and toad plunged after him as far as the platform there he halted there were many passengers and much fare to collect so our young scamp had enjoyed quite a ride before his turn came fair said the conductor at last briefly and sharply right at his elbow yes sir answered toad as promptly only it's pretty cold and windy pay your fare shouted the conductor oh bless me yes to be sure and toad fumbled in both pockets drawing out bits of strings and balls of paper and ends of candles everything but pennies then looked up with an innocent face why as true as you live i haven't got a cent then what are you doing here why riding to be sure it's enough sight nicer than walking this windy day your driver stopped for everybody that held up his hand i saw him so when i was invited kind of how did i know i'd have to pay 
the demure innocent childlike air with which toad rattled off this story cannot be described the conductor laughed either you're very green or very old he said at last and i'm not sure which where do you want to go oh i ain't a bit particular you needn't go out of your way on my account i'll ride right along with you and look at the sights which accommodating spirit seemed greatly to amuse the other platform riders and as the car stopped at that moment for passengers the conductor turned away with a laugh and left toad to enjoy his ride in peace on they went and in spite of driving snow and sleet toad managed to make the acquaintance of the driver and get considerable amusement out of his trip when he suddenly broke off in the midst of a sentence and cleared the steps with a bound mr hastings had left the car and crossed the street then commenced another chase around the corner down one block up another on and on until toad panting and breathless brought up at last before a grand hotel inside which mr hastings vanished toad pushed boldly forward shied behind a fat gentleman who ran against them in the hall and remained hidden long enough to overhear the following conversation why mr hastings how do you do when did you arrive by the morning train sir all full here well comfortably so make room for you without a doubt stop here yes sir always do remain long no return on friday waiter this way sir toad drew a long breath of relief and dodged out well said he with a satisfied air i'm thankful to say i've got that man landed at last where he'll be likely to stay for some time he's mr hastings is he it's convenient to know who one belongs to now i must trudge off and do a little business on my own account seeing we return on friday first let's take a look at the name of this place where i've decided to leave him and this street is yes i see now i'm all right trust me for finding my way here again don't you be one mite worried brother hastings i'll be around in time and toad disappeared around a corner whistling merrily End of chapter 3